everyone, and welcome to episode 223 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, Ryan, Adam, and Trey here with you tonight. Uh, we're going to preview week 12 in the CFL, take a look at the major matchup storylines, fantasy players to watch, and our betting picks for each of the games this week. We'll also take your comments and questions live in our live chat. Uh, thanks to our, our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV which you can learn more about by visiting GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. Uh, we'll bring in the rest of the panel here in just a second, but as always, we want to kick off the show by acknowledging that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oja Creek, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, uh, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, all right, I'm Ryan, joined this evening by, first of all, the great Adam Stewart. Adam, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Just got a little bit more canola swathed, had a little bit of rain, so we've been delayed a little bit in the old farming division, but back at swathing, so hopefully that goes well and get the old canola down so that we can make some more of those good old-looking Ukrainian burgers that the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers brought out this week, so... Uh, Trey, you having one of those on uh, Thursday night? <laughs> they look disgustingly good. Like, <laughs> like if they're, <laughs> I don't know, man. I want to, but I don't know. I will see. Honestly, I I would love to try one of those. I mean, that that burger is just not the burger. I don't want the bread or nothing. I just want the twenty pierogies and the uh, whole roll of coil of uh, garlic sausage. Uh, that, that's gonna feed me and my wife and kids for a couple the weekend, I think. So maybe I will. I love this obsession the stadiums have with with big food items now, like the Wallby Burger. Like seeing people tackle that one, it just looks like a heart attack in a, in a meal. It's impressive. Yeah, we, got the, we have the, uh, the the dirty lineman in the, in, uh, in Saskatchewan. I mean, it's a one and a half foot long Harvest Beats hot dog, and they got everything on that thing. Uh, well, Adam, I'm surprised you're here tonight and not off celebrating the with the championship parade or something. And Trey, I'm surprised after all the trash talk last week that you're willing to show your face here tonight. Um, I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of my word. I mean, I mean, it's it's almost like 2013 when Bomber fans used to wear uh, bags on their head. You would think that uh, he would have found one, but you know, but no, the the parade went well on Monday. We got that finished with, and uh, then we had a tour of the whole uh, area with the trophy and everything. And uh, yeah, no, it's been going real well so far. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, you uh, maybe I got to hand my trophy off to you next week, Ryan. Yeah, if I if I wore a paper bag over my face, man, our views would go to zero. You know that. <laughs> you also might get kicked out of the stadium, right, Elks fans? Because uh, that happened. Uh, yeah, if you enjoyed the the trash talk and the drama on the podcast last week when these two faced off in a fantasy football matchup, uh, stay tuned because this week Trey and I face off in the uh, the Canadian Football Podcast uh, Fantasy League. So. You know, I, I, look, I look forward to putting up the top score of the week because that tends to happen when you put against Trey. So uh, it's going to be my best week of the year. <laughs> man, I'm about to quit this show, man. I, <laughs> every goddamn weekend, man. I get the top five scores and some lucky SOB gets the top one. And I, Adam, have you been in the top five at all this year? Like yeah, no, I did it. Oh, once you okay. Actually, hey, I'm in the championship. I'm in the Champions League. Uh, whenever the season ends, remember? Hey, you finished like top <laughs> three in the world one week. 
Yeah. Like no. I, I, the no. one week I had like just an outstanding well, week. Maybe I'm just thinking of our private fantasy league. You're always seems to be a couple hundred points down. So. Oh yeah. You guys are both disasters in that one. Don't even get oh, yeah. oh, oh, it. I was already thinking midway through the season, do we need to do a redraft just to make it interesting? <laughs> give you guys an opportunity to catch up. I'm getting a medal. I'm going for bronze. That's all. <laughs> I'm meddling, man. That's all I'm going for. Hey, I was just about ready to go and put a big name on my uh, fantasy board this week on the uh, on the old uh, what do you call acquisition board. But uh, Ryan was going to probably go and murder me if I did it. So I'm just waiting. Many times. I'm just waiting for a certain quarterback to get put on a PR in Jacksonville, and I got more waiver no, no, money. No, no, than all no, no, that was mine. That's all mine already. <laughs> no, I called him. You don't get a shot. Lots of fun and games to be had. We'll go through the fantasy picks, the storylines. We'll go through betting where I'll probably abstain from making picks after I went 0-8 last week. Guys, I think this is rock bottom. I got every single game wrong last week, so don't listen to me when we get to those segments. Uh, but we got four games on the schedule this week. Uh, Trey, you were pointing out right before the show, this was this is the final week of the Thursday night and Sunday night games. Does that mean we're going doubleheader Friday, doubleheader Saturday for the most part? For the part most there? part, except for next like next weekend's obviously Labor Day, so there is the Saturday, Sunday, Monday games. And then after mm-hmm. that, it seemed and then it seems to be pretty much doubleheader Friday or Saturday. And then I think there was another Monday Thanksgiving this year, so yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I like the schedule. I liked the summer schedule we had with the four different days. I thought it was nice to I, I like the doubleheader when I'm free during a doubleheader. But if I'm not, it sucks to miss two games in one night. Whereas, you know, there's more of a chance that I can catch some of it if there's they're going week uh, day by day. And it keeps the conversation around the CFL going for four consecutive days, which is half the week. And seems like the TV numbers have been doing well. I saw, you know, some of the numbers from some of their social media numbers have been doing great. Uh, a couple places have had some really good attendance this year as well. I think so far this season, you know, outside of the quarterback injuries, um, I think the CFL's had a pretty good start to the year, to be honest. I don't know. What do you guys yeah, think? I think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure they have. I mean, you look at what uh, everybody's been saying. I mean, yeah, okay, Edmonton has been Edmonton. We we got that right from the beginning that this is going to be a tough season for them. Uh, but you look even in Saskatchewan. I mean, it still was 28,000 sold of tickets the other day. Uh, we're getting into Labor Day, so you know the games are going to matter more. The Riders are still 5-5, five and five, so they're going to have a good season. Toronto's had a good season overall in sales of tickets. Montreal's had fun. They've had a good season. They've been doing well. Ottawa fans, they're even excited nowadays because of the emergence of Dustin Crum. And uh, you look over in Winnipeg. I mean, you guys got two quarterbacks now, uh, Drew Brown and Zach Laros. And Winnipeg fans, I mean, yeah, I've got the Banjo Bowl sold out already. Uh, and again, it's going to be going into the time of year where everybody wants to watch a little bit of football. So to and me, 31,000 31, tickets supposedly sold so far for Thursday night matchup with Montreal for Winnipeg. So, yeah, I went to buy a fourth ticket and it was pretty empty. Lower Bowl, I think Lower Bowl had not a thing available. It looked like an upper bowl was, yeah. My section's always wide open, Ryan, but yours looked a little bit more cluttered. But, uh, you know, nobody yeah. gonna come take your seats again, Trey. <laughs> I'll be so mad. Oh my god. But I actually I keep seeing that guy. He's a section over closer to you now at the top. It's just, I see that guy all the time when I think that ah, you tried to steal my seats that one time. But uh yeah, I, I don't like Thursday games and I get I get the appeal, but I just don't like them in 
either football league. I really don't like him in the NFL when the majority of the games are on Sunday and then you only have like a three-day practice week. But, I mean, I get the numbers and stuff. But, yeah, as just a football freak, I'm looking forward to, what now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday of football between the two leagues and college, if you count that coming up, and Canadian football, Canadian University. So, yeah, it's football season for sure. Absolutely. Don't forget about the CJFL as well for those guys wondering. Uh, All right. I, right. I, I, I was hoping Mike was going to be on tonight so I could have asked him how uh, the rifles in the hilltops did. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't get that option. So eh, it's all right. All right. Save it for next time. Uh, or you could call into the Drive Home Call-In Show on Tuesdays in our Discord community sure. uh, where Mike and I, on my drive home from work, we recap everything from the week before in CFL, Canadian football, or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, a little plug for that. Uh, that was a smooth one. Proud of myself. Uh, check the uh, link in the episode description. Join the Discord for free uh, and everything else we've got go, going on there. Uh, You're squandering your talents being with us, man. Uh, you know what? You guys keep me grounded. You guys keep me grounded. <laughs> we keep you humble, eh? <laughs> well, I do a pretty good job of keeping Trey humble. I mean, you know, we'll <laughs> After last no, week, but it's okay, man. It's it's how you take a loss and what you do with it, which makes defines a man, right? So see, I'm scared now. After after you beat Trey last week, you know he's gonna come back and just uh, kick my butt this week, and I'm never gonna hear the end of it. Um, so let's get on to this week's games. In the meantime, uh, first game of the week, we talked about the the you know high ticket sales already, but Montreal's coming to Winnipeg Thursday night. Uh, game is at. 30 Eastern time. Uh, Adam, you're a storyline guy. What do we got here in this game? Well, first thing first, I think that it's nice that we finally get to say that Cody Fajardo is confirmed. He's going to be starting in this game, as will Zach Kalaros. He's going to be back as well. I uh, had some interesting words in the media today. I uh, thought I would just bring those out and uh, was talking about his injury. Uh, mentioned that this league does not take a uh, priority in protecting the quarterback. I mean, we've seen some weird hits to this year so far. We've seen some questionable calls, maybe. To me, I think it's more questionable calls of overprotecting. But what's your guys' opinion? Is this is this really a thing in the CFL that they don't protect their quarterback? Trey? Uh, see, I was actually thinking about this because Mike kind of asked me this last week where he didn't like my answer because I like when I confuse Mike. I said something about... I don't blame the protection. I blame the skill level of quarterback. And I've had seven days to think about it because he didn't understand how does the skill level of a quarterback equal to all these injuries. It's because these guys aren't, I don't think they're skilled enough to get out of these injuries. They put themselves in the dangerous situations. Like we saw Caleros dancing around with a chicken, like a, with his head cut off. And then the player unfortunately landed on his head and tried to cut his, or his neck to cut his head off. But I think that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. I don't, I wasn't upset that that was a no call. What threw it into what threw it into chaos wasn't there one this week on a non-quarterback player that was very similar in one game. I can't remember which game it was um, where a player landed late on the back of a head of a player and it got a penalty. So that's where I'm more concerned about. But quarterbacks, I don't know. Do we want this turning into touch football? I don't know. Like, is that kind of where this is heading? Like, I don't know. Because you, we're gonna we're gonna start seeing NFL next week. And Tom Brady's not in the league anymore. So I'm interested to see what kind of penalties they have for roughing the quarterback and stuff, right? So 
I mean, well, we seen that last year. Remember in uh, against Tampa Bay and uh, uh, was it Atlanta that one hit on Tom Brady? I mean, yeah, absolutely there, vicious. There's some, there's some, but then Tua got what five concussions last year. So it's it's quarterback by quarterback, and I think that's still in this league. And I think that some of these quarterbacks still haven't earned that star ability to get the call, which is weird to say. The only, you know what I mean? Even Zach Calaris probably doesn't have the star uh, star quality enough for referees to give him that call. And I don't know. I don't, I, I blame Caleros for that more than anybody, but that's just my opinion, Ryan. So, so does it make a difference, Ryan, for star ability that you get a, get a call against you? To me, that's silly. I mean, it, it's it's silly, sure, but it's going to be the narrative. Any fan of their football team whose player gets injured is going to spin for you um, because the league is inherently biased against uh, every, all nine franchises, um, right? Uh, I, I think there's two things. Yeah, sure, sometimes these hits, you know, could you discipline them more? Uh, that could keep quarterbacks safer. But I think there's also the other side of it is, do we just need better offensive line play to keep the quarterback safe as well? Do we need better quarterback play, which goes to the star power there also? I mean, you had the game in BC, Vernon Adams was limping everywhere uh, in that game because I forget the name, but one of his offensive linemen couldn't stop Anthony Lanier if his life depended on it. He took like five holding calls in, in the one yeah, game okay. and still let up three sacks. Uh, so you know, and not to single him out specifically, we've talked about before that it feels like the offensive line play around the league is kind of down this year. That's not going to help keep the quarterback safe either. So I think there's, I don't think they're safe. Every one of them besides Jake Mayer has missed a game uh, so far among the starters. So, and I mean, Mayer hasn't really shown up for most of them, uh, but he's been on the field. Uh, and so I, I think there is an issue here. I just don't think it's the rule book. Itself. Here's a question I got for you. Do you think that maybe, cause I think there's a lack of offensive line in majority of football leagues. Do we think that there's a problem with being an offensive line isn't as sexy as being the quarterback and receiver these days? So do kids grow up wanting to be a wide receiver, but if they're not the wide receiver, do they quit football? You know what I mean? The wide receiver and quarterbacks make the 50 million and, you know, they're the ones that get the hot girlfriends in the NFL. You know what I mean? And the offensive line, other than, other than, other than uh, Jason Kelsey, you know, how many offensive linemen do people know off the top of their heads? You know? I mean, it's a thankless position, just like being a referee. We only talk about you when you do a bad job. Uh, Right. Pretty much is what it's at for offensive line. Offensive linemen in the CFL are probably the highest played players. Especially the Canadian ones are some of the highest played players in the league. No, you're uh, right, but but that's Canadian. Which then again, what three offensive linemen on most teams are American? So you still have to find those American pieces to fit in, right? And I think yeah, those are getting yeah, slimmer yeah. and slimmer and slimmer, right? And I don't think it helps too uh, NFL rosters and XFL rosters and UFL or UFSFL rosters and are expanding, right? So. No, exactly. I get it. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway, we'll move on a little bit here because we've got to get going. Uh, injury report for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes injury report, though. Uh, <laughs> they got a couple guys on it. Fajardo still is again. He's fully practicing. No problem. The only guys that I'll mention, Jake Hardy, he's been a leg injury. He's been injured his whole career, practically, unfortunately. And uh, Philip Ganon, uh, the offensive lineman, we just spoke about them maybe being a little bit down this year. 
Okanon's been a very good offensive lineman. He's has an eligible injury. And Montreal's coming off a short week here. And again, we've seen teams on short weeks and really struggling with them. What does Montreal need to do here to keep everything in focus? And I mean, they didn't have as short of a week as some, but they only really had the one practice on Tuesday and then had to come out to Winnipeg today. So uh, what do they need to do to keep uh, focused in this game here and not have a uh, problem like the BC Lions did against uh, Winnipeg, right? You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say do exactly what BC didn't uh, last time around. Uh, and also don't do whatever the heck it was you did in the first half against Ottawa uh, last weekend. They completed the comeback. Kudos to Caleb Evans. He lit it up in the second half after a disastrous first half and they got it done. Uh, but they came out flat in that game and, you know, you can come back against Ottawa there, but can you do it two weeks in a row against Winnipeg, a team that with the lead is normally able to put a team away late in the game, that Ottawa loss uh, outside of it. Uh, I think it's, you got to start strong. Otherwise you're going to be behind the eight ball against the Bombers. Trey. Now it's interesting. We're talking about the short work weeks and uh, Thursday games. I just said how much they suck, but anyway, um, yeah, I think Ryan, you said it pretty much. And I just, I hope Fajardo plays uh, not the same, like he usually does against the blue bombers. Cause we, we do have thir- actually 14 defenders if you count both uprights, right, Adam? So that's fine. Yeah, true. Enough, I guess, right? I mean, yeah, for sure I was well acquainted with those uprights in Winnipeg. I get it. I mean, but uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, Winnipeg, uh, both teams really are pretty healthy this week. Uh, so that's not really an excuse. I mean, yes, maybe Montreal's coming in a little banged up a little bit more than most. Uh, we did see last week Austin Mack was on the injury list. I don't see him on there this week. Is there somebody in fantasy that you're looking at maybe to stay away from on Montreal's side because of a short week? Um, there's, I mean, there's always names I'm looking to stay away from on on either side in any matchup uh, because a lot of the names are way too high in price, for example, for the value that they bring. But there are two names on Montreal's side I like. I don't like taking Fajardo, given the unknowns coming off the bye. I don't know what to make of Montreal's running back situation. If you look at the depth chart they posted today, Walter Fletcher is at number one. William Stanback is at number two, but he's listed as that designated nationalized American, which means he can sub in for, which means he might only be the backup for the first play. And then that lets them rotate an American in for, I believe it's Herjie Mayala on a couple of plays. So they've got three running backs on the roster this week. The Bombers also shut down pretty much every running back. So probably worth staying away from there if we're talking about that side of thing. But two names on Montreal I do like. The first one is Austin Mack. Uh, he had a couple down weeks target-wise. I said to stay away from him last week. Adam, I'll give you credit. You picked him as a player to watch. You were absolutely right. Uh, he burst back into his early season totals. 13 targets last week. He's got four games over 100 yards on the year. And also the Bombers' D gives up the second most to left wideouts. So especially with Cody Fajardo and his love for the deep ball back, uh, you can probably expect a couple of deep shots going to Austin Mack's direction. I also like Tyson Philpott as one of the cheapest value plays available at $4,000. He still hasn't really delivered yet this year, uh, especially nearly close to what he did last season. But he's averaged four targets a game in his last three, and if he catches a couple balls, you know, two catches for 40 yards or three catches for 30 yards get to your value. So value is hard to come by these days in CFL fantasy, especially with Jareth Stearns on a buy. I think that might be one of the best options if you need to save some cash. 
Uh, and I've only got one name on the Winnipeg side, so I'll throw it out now, and then I'll get your guys' takes here. Uh, the only name I'm considering there is Brady Oliveira at $15,000. Uh, he's leading the league with 78.3 yards rushing, 10 more than the next best in the CFL. Uh, he's actually on pace for almost 1,500 yards on the season, guys. Uh, for it, it doesn't feel like it at times, the way he runs, but he has steadily been putting the yards up on the board. Uh, also 14-plus carries in five of his last seven games. And last time they played Montreal, he ran 20 times for 120 yards. So I think it's hard to pass uh, up on him, given it's hard to pass against the Alouettes, which is why I'm staying away, I think, from every Bombers receiver uh, this week. Uh, Trey, will you will you tell us your players you're watching in this game, given the matchup? Oddly enough, we had the... The, pretty much the exact same. I like Phil Pot with the value play, and I had Oliveira fifteen hundred on pace for fifteen hundred yards. And you know, we'll talk about it later. Well, we see it on the bottom of your screen if you're watching there. So eight minus eight and a half. If the game gets like that, Oliveira should get the ball a lot, right, in the third, fourth quarter. Adam, be got in fantasy. The only guy I've got right now is Tyler Philpo. I mean, I have to pick somebody that's cheap, and there's no choice. I mean, we don't have. Uh, we don't have our guy from Saskatchewan this week. We don't have uh, uh, Jarrett Stearns. I mean, it's it sucks. So I got to pick somebody else. And four thousand isn't bad. I think he maybe can get me a few points at least. I don't know. He's averaging three point one, but he's got to have a breakout game. So hey, why not this week against Winnipeg? Other than that, that's all I've got in this game too. I I don't really know who to pick, and I can't afford bombers. So <laughs> that is that is quite often the issue there. All right, let's go to the segment I've been dreading. It's our betting picks for this game. Uh, what do we got here, Trey? Yeah, I didn't keep. I didn't uh, have time to look at our standings, but Ryan so graciously offered his uh, his performance from last week. I can't imagine the rest of us did much better, but uh, yeah, I'm just still feeling that UFC high that I talked to you guys about in our group chat. But uh, this week, minus eight and a half, Winnipeg at home, forty-seven and a half over under. I hate these big lines because Winnipeg's that team. Every game, I think I've taken them to beat it. They don't. And every time I say the other team's going to cover, they don't. So this one's a tough one. I think this is a big line. If you remember, if you look at the standings, what Montreal's six and three, you know, they're a plus 500 team versus a eight and two bombers. This isn't a crazy, this shouldn't be the blowout. So I'm going to go Montreal, but I will also take the over. Adam, what do you got? I'm going to take, you know what, Montreal has been actually disrespected most of the time this season. Uh, you know what, they got they got Cody Fajardo back this week. Fajardo's going to want to have a vengeance game against Winnipeg. He usually never does play well against the Bombers. But nevertheless, I'm going to take the Alouettes just because it's pretty good. Uh, it's a little bit over a touchdown, so I think that the Alouettes will cover this. I'm not sure if they're going to win it, but they will definitely cover. And uh, I'm going to go with... Yeah, I'm going to go with the over on this one here. I think that both teams can really uh, throw the football when they need to. Montreal does have a pretty stingy defense, though. I don't know. I might change this pick later on in the uh, week, the over or the under. But, uh, yeah, I'll give Montreal the cover at least. Right? Uh, well, if I'm going down, I'm taking you guys with me on at least the spread. I'm taking Montreal to cover this one as well. And I'm also taking the under because I do think Montreal's defense is pretty good. I think they could struggle offensively and Winnipeg could shut them down there. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, which makes me 
it makes it hard to believe for me that it's going to be an eight and a half uh, point win for the Bombers. So I'll take Montreal and the under. Uh, so congratulations on getting at least one pick right this week, guys. I think eight and a half is crazy. You know, I, I, I get Win- where Winnipeg is, but I think Montreal is a lot closer, and we all seem to agree with that. So, yeah. This one really shocked me. The other ones are pretty big, too, and I wasn't a shock. I'm really excited for the last one, the very last game. We'll talk about that, though. Yes, we'll get to that one, but we got a couple other games to get to first, so we'll move on to our second game of the week, which is... The Calgary Stampeders at the Toronto Argonauts uh, Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. This one kicks off. What are we looking at here, Adam? Well, I think one thing, the main storyline in this is can Calgary actually get their offense, you know, not looking offensive? Uh, They have had injuries. I get it. I mean, things happen. Uh, They've got another big injury this week, Kadeem Carey. Who I guess, you know, you guys did talk about him in the drive-in show a little bit. Hasn't done a whole lot this season, uh, mainly because of the injury. And now when he come back, he hasn't been that uh, real top-tier running back like we've been used to. But uh, he's injured again and will be out, uh, I believe. I think they've confirmed it now this week for the uh, Calgary Stampeders. So uh, that is a big loss for the Stampeders as, again, Jake Mayer has had been abysmal on the in the air lately. Um, again, I don't know what to really keep saying about this with the Calgary Stampeders. Um, they held Winnipeg to a good game on defense, uh, last week. They did a very good job of holding Winnipeg back. Uh, essentially it was a Demarius Houston touchdown loss, uh, for the, uh, Calgary Stampeders. But, uh, I guess we should also ask is how many more, uh, field goals do they need to get on, uh, from Randy Paredes to have a chance against the Argonauts here, guys. Right? Um, more than he can kick in a game, uh, potentially, uh, based on the way things are going. I mean, yeah, it's been all him nonstop lately, right? Uh, your offense hasn't thrown a touchdown in a couple of games. You haven't thrown for over 200 yards in three or four games now. Uh, it's interesting having Kadeem Carey out, uh, especially for this matchup. The biggest interesting thing to me is Calgary won this game against Toronto last time. And by that, I mean, Diedrich Mills won this game for Calgary last time with 27 carries in a monster game in that one. So, uh, you know, maybe it's helpful actually to just have one guy. I like the dual back system. Here's my problem. I like the dual back system. But also, like, if you have two really strong guys, is it hard for either of them to get going if they're splitting the reps and you're getting five, six carries a game? What do you think, Trey? No. I, I Maybe my NFL mind kicks in. They have three guys ro- rotating, three or four guys. Sometimes you have the third guy on your fantasy team, and he gives you the most points on your team, right? So it's something we don't see too much in the CFL. Is it maybe the one less down where – NFL, you could run first down with one guy, second down with the other, and then you still got your passing play, where here you only got the one real running down, right? And if you do decide to run on second down, I don't know. I do like it, but um, I think you need to have two different guys. And do we think Diedrich Mills and Kerry, when he's the healthy, are they the same style or are they different style? Because I think you need to have one of each to really be successful, the elusive and then the power back. But that's just me. But I, I do actually like what you said. So are we throwing out that game a couple weeks ago and saying it was a fluke? If we're thinking, is this Toronto show, especially if they're minus 10, 
you know is this the or do we think that that calgary is a little better than maybe we think or that was a fluke i think what you do is you put in the big asterisk and say that uh call uh chad kelly didn't play most of that game because david dukes had nothing in that uh essentially the argos would uh, to me it was 100 percent the argos were going to win that game if you have chad kelly in the game uh i don't see anything here um Anyways, uh, no, on this one here, overall, a few injuries that I'll talk about here quickly for the Stampeders. If I can grab it here real quick. Uh, a few guys that are out, Kadeem Carey, we've said he was limited, didn't practice Monday, Tuesday. He's out. Uh, Julian Charles, uh, defensive back, he's been fully, or he fully practiced on Monday, but then something happened, shoulder and knee, shoulder and a knee injury. That's impressive. He's got an upper and lower body injury. Uh, he's out. Uh, Elliot Graham, he's a little questionable in this one here, defensive lineman. Uh, Jonathan Moxie, again, questionable. He's been fully practicing, so might expect to see him, especially with the injury to Charles. Uh, Brad Muhammad, uh, hip injury, he's been fully practicing, but again, questionable. Uh, and Tommy Lee Lewis, their, uh, their returner, uh, been questionable in this game here. He's about to break on that guy again. I mean, anytime now he's going to break a big run for a uh, touchdown over on the Argo side of the football. There's really not a whole lot. They're on a bo- They're back. They're fresh. They're fairly healthy. A uh, couple of little injuries there with offensive linemen and uh, receivers to maybe keep an eye on. But uh, what does Toronto need to do? Is there anything besides again, when we talked about earlier uh, with Chad Kelly being out of that game, was there anything else that they needed to do to win that game uh, versus Calgary last time or, Again, you're at home here, and you can just pretty much cruise to a victory. Uh, Ryan? I think they made some mistakes last time, too, right? Like, I think, didn't they have something, like, right before the half where they fumbled a return and Calgary recovered it uh, in the end zone or close to the end zone to punch it in? Like, uncharacteristic mistakes we haven't really seen from the Argos much this season. I think it was all just all-encompassed in that game uh, last week or not last week, a couple of weeks ago, the Kelly injury and all the two and outs certainly didn't help. And I think it's the biggest factor why they lost that game. So, you know, Toronto, they they got to come out and deliver now, I think, because Montreal, we talked about their record. I think Montreal's a little bit hot on their tails. So, you know, Toronto's got a long season to go, no bye weeks the rest of the way for them, while other teams do have some sprinkled here and there throughout. So, I think it's important for them to come out strong out of the bye week here and hopefully use that bye week to prepare and review what went wrong and how you let uh, Diedrich Mills run 135 yards on your seemingly solid run defense uh, and make sure that doesn't happen again. Because if you can shut him down and force Jake Mayer to pass, hopefully your passing defense finally has a better day then too. That's actually, sorry, that's the biggest thing the more I think about it is Toronto's last game before the bye week, they had no pass defense against Ottawa. They let Dustin Crum have his best passing day of, of his career. So you've got a glorious matchup against Jake Mayer. You've got to shut down the pass. If you can't now, there's no hope for you shutting down the pass this season, arguably. Uh, do you disagree at all, Trey? No, I completely agree. And I think Adam said it was good, too. They're at home. They're, there's only two teams that are undefeated at home right now, BC and Toronto. So... That uh, that BMO home field advantage. Who would have thought we'd be saying that? So I don't yeah. remember if it's this game or one later this year. I was talking about this with Mike yesterday too. 
um, that the Argos are going to have one of their biggest crowds ever at BMO Field uh, in the near future. So, I mean, Trey, you've been there. They get loud at BMO. Like, we always knock on the crowd, right? But it, it seems like they, they're passionate and excited about the team. You know what it really annoyed? Not annoyed, but they have those metal bleachers, and they were kicking them, like the stomping on them, and that really made it louder. And, um, again, I think because it, there's not really an upper bowl, like everyone's kind of in the lower bowl, it sounds like it echoes. It wasn't bad, but also when I was there, it was a lot of Cat fans, right? It was almost louder when they were on defense at times, so it was kind of hard to... It was, it was no mosaic and no IG. Like, I'll tell you that. It was probably... When I was at McMahon, I put it around there where McMahon is now. So, which is pretty good because I mean McMahon usually can be a pretty loud stadium. I know even with uh, when you used to go there when Saskatchewan showed up, especially I mean Rider fans, Stamp fans, mostly yelling at each other. Uh, so hey, good on the Argonauts. I mean they're getting some getting some audience in there. They're getting some stuff done. Good on them. Uh, going to talk quickly about their injuries that they've got going on here. Uh, for the Argonauts to look at this week. The guys that are listed out for sure right now, Dylan uh, Gillian, uh, he's the offensive line, or defensive line, no, offensive lineman. Uh, chest injury, he's going to be out this week. Uh, you look also at uh, two other guys, maybe just keep an eye on here. Uh, DeMonte Coxie, he's been fully practicing ankle injury. I don't know if they just put him on the list for the sake of putting him on the list. And the other guy to maybe keep an eye on too, and he's going to be questionable listed this week, is David Unger the third. Uh, I know some guys are looking for value picks there. Usually Unger is probably a pretty good one on average uh, for a uh, value pick, but he is listed as questionable right now for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, Ryan, is it worth the risk of putting Unger on the, uh, on the old fantasy this week? I almost had him on there for the cheaper price. Uh, I mean, it depends where he lines up. Last week, he finally got a start at left wide out, I think, uh, or last game, and it worked out pretty well uh, for him. Um, sorry, I have him at right wide out last game. Right, I think that's what happened in that one. Seems like he's got a couple big plays normally that he connects with with Chad Kelly, but uh he's not the argos receiver i did put on my list this week it's cam phillips at ten thousand one hundred dollars the player i'm watching there uh 23 targets in his last three games we've been waiting for a receiver to break out uh, as a go-to for the argos i think he could be one of them how many people are going to chase devaris daniels 42 point fantasy performance from two weeks ago with 180 yards and three touchdowns probably a lot um, but I don't chase a three-touchdown game because they're unsustainable there. And so I'm going to stick with the guy who consistently gets a high volume. It's Cam Phillips, 18 fantasy points per game in his last two games. I, I like that, and I think it's a cheap value play there at 10000 or an average play there. Two names I've got on the Calgary side. Despite the offensive woes, I think there are some plays that could be higher risk but high reward this week. One of them is Trey Odoms-Dukes at $11,600. Uh, and that is because I'm banking on, once again, the left slot back against the Argos being an absolute give and pick almost every single week. They give up 17.8 points per game to that slot. Odom's Dukes has had two down weeks in a row uh, with this Stamps offense, and like I said before, if Mayer can't get the passing game going against the, the Argos' pass defense, uh, I don't know what he does this year, so... 
Uh, high high target share, glorious matchup. I think if they're going to get anything going, Odom's Duke's going to be heavily involved. So I think it's a high risk, high reward at the price. And as soon as you mentioned Kadeem Carey being out, I did throw Diedrich Mills onto the watch list here as well, simply because of the volume he got last time out. Price is a bit high for me at 12000 uh, but I, I'd be considering taking a chance on it. Part of the reason is I think we've seen the two running backs the last couple of weeks, say, you know, rotate through a little bit. And if Carey's out again, you know, could this be Mills' shot to, if he comes out with another great game, go and say, yeah, I kind of deserve the bulk load uh, of the workload going forward here. So if you can't pass, you got to run. If they stand a chance, they're going to need to get Mills involved. Uh, so I got him in the, the players to consider in this game as well. Uh, Adam, what about you? Uh, yeah, the only guy I've got right now for this whole thing. Well, actually, i got two, I should say. I think that's it. Yep, two of them. Uh, I've got A.J. Olette for the uh, Argonauts because, again, the Stampeders traditionally are not the greatest at the run uh, defense part of the, their game. Uh, they've been better, and they had a pretty good game against the uh, – the Stampeders had a good game against them the other uh, game against uh, earlier this season. But uh, we'll see how that one goes. And the other guy I've got is Mark and Michelle. He's got a breakout, and he's probably the guy to do it for uh, Calgary at the moment. I lost all confidence with uh, Luther Konavanu when he dropped that football the other day. I don't know. I just can't pick him anymore. I don't know even if Mark and Michelle will do it, but I got to pick somebody. Trey, who are you uh, throwing on your roster this week? Um, I'm can I def- I'm going to defer my time and throw something at you guys that we missed on the last game that I just saw on Twitter here. Paul Friesen, Winnipeg Sun reports that little known fact that Thursday's game, the balls, uh, the team balls will have uh, tracking chips in them and players will be fined if they throw them in the crowd. Um, so uh, just fun, interesting fact there that they don't even have great stats, but they're going to put more uh, tracking chips in the football. So, but um, yeah, real quick fantasy. Olet and Kelly. Oh, and M- Mitchell. I got so yeah. Same as what everyone's saying. That's interesting with the the chips in there. How much do you want to bet that some player is going to forget that that's in there and throw the ball into the stands? I almost guarantee it. Um, no, interesting. They got uh, they got reminded of it. Now they'll purposely do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you both mentioned Olet on the fantasy picks. I was so close to throwing him in as well. Like it was borderline for me. I was disappointed when I saw the price went up to fourteen thousand. I think it is now for Olet. Uh, but he is uh, second leading rusher on the season uh, behind Olivero. So I think good pick, just price a bit high uh, on my standpoint. But if you have money left over, you know, might be worth it. Um, that's what we've got for fantasy picks. What do we have for betting picks? Toronto minus 10 over under 51 and a half. I will hmm, screw it. Take the Argos. Cause I know it has a lot of points, but I think that they, feel like they were they were disrespected a few weeks ago against them now they're at home and sleeping in their own beds and everything and i'll take uh i'll take the over again that one might be when i change too i don't know if calgary will put up the points but we have seen toronto put up 30 40 points on their own pretty consistently uh let's go ryan you first I'm going to take the Argos to win this one as well. I think coming off the bye, I think Calgary, we've talked so much about how much they've struggled, and I hope for their sake they get it back on track. But I think the Argos are going to be fired up uh, and want revenge for last time. 
Uh, I'm really shocked the line is this high on the over-under, though, given some of the other games. I mean, Calgary hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in three or four games. So uh, unless Toronto's dropping 40 in this game, I don't see the over-hitting. i got to go with the under on this one. Yeah, and I'm going to go with the Argonauts pretty much for the same reasons that uh, Brian just said. They're they're good. They're they've just had a bye. They're at home. There's no reason to lose this game by anything less than a touchdown and a field goal. Uh, Chad Kelly's healthy unless something happens to him. That's the only way I could see it. You never pick because of injuries. Uh, I'm going to go with the under as well because I Chad Kelly's going to light it up. I think, but. I don't know. I just, I don't know what's wrong with the stamps this year. In all honesty, I, I would love to know that. I probably could make a pretty good job as a coordinator for him if I could figure it out. But until I can, yeah, I don't know. It's It's been a bad year for the stamps so far. Uh, I think next week they're on a, no, they play the Elks next week. Maybe what the doctor ordered. I don't know. Until they get the, uh, to Edmonton, I don't see anything changing much. Oh my god, it's raining. <laughs> Sorry. I could just hear something behind me and I was like, what is that? <laughs> you just keep that there. Yeah. It's supposed to rain tomorrow night. It's supposed to be a chance of thunderstorms, Ryan. So uh, be prepared for a delay. Is Marshall Ferguson calling the game? I don't know. It happens every there's a storm delay every time he calls a football game. So oh, all I know is I have a baseball tournament this weekend too. It's supposed to rain all weekend. So that's fun. Who, who's got the lead right now? Gennetti or Ferguson? I don't know. For for uh, what do you call it, amount of uh, amount of rain delays? It's got to be close. It's uh, I don't know. Should I throw a weather delay prediction in again this week since I got it right on last week's show again? Shining moment of my uh, podcast career. I can't pick the winners or the over under of a game right, but I can pick when there's a weather delay. It was my only correct prediction. Uh, as we move over to, over to our third game of the week, which is the Hamilton Tiger Cats visiting the BC Lions. This one on Saturday uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern time in BC. Uh, Adam, uh, what are your top storylines here? Well, I know that we got to talk a little bit about the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They just lost a game against the Edmonton Elks. And I mean... If there's anything more devastating in all of entertainment or any of CFL, it's losing to the Edmonton Elks. Uh, it, it's not been Hamilton's year. Uh, I know that they've had injuries. I know they've had problems. I know they've had other things that have been going on for uh, Hamilton this year. Again, you're running on your third string quarterback. You probably don't have the receiving depth right now that you thought you might have. Uh, yes, they've started to use James Butler, but... Uh, even their defense has not been very solid this year. Is this a team that could turn it all around and whenever uh, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell gets back and still take a shot for the Grey Cup? I, I mean, I'm digging for questions on them because there ain't much good to say about the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Or actually, I'll tell you what, guys. If nothing else, give me one thing you're optimistic about in Hamilton because I'm I'm struggling to find something. Trade. James Butler has been lighting it up, right? Like uh, when they've used him, that's the only positive I can honestly come up with uh, personally out of the Thai Cats. It was Mark Leggio until this past week when, you know, he missed three field goals, right, Trey? Yeah, that's okay. Uh, one positive they actually have better odds to betting odds to win the Great Cup than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 
according, according to Cool Bet, they are uh, they have better <laughs> odds than they have better odds than Saskatchewan, Calgary, Ottawa, and Edmonton. So, but a ten dollar a ten dollar bet would get you two hundred thirty dollars though. If uh, so, I don't know. I I, I like How? Butler. He was a good fantasy addition on our on the one thing that I added. That other than that, I mean, their stadium's nice. I don't know. They have the great cup this year. Rosen great cup. I don't know. But, yeah, you know what? Butler was a very good pickup last week, especially if you put him as your captain and uh, added him into your fantasy lineup, right? I've I mean, never put, I, don't, I, I don't think I've ever put a non-quarterback. Maybe once I did Lawler and Schoen or something, but I don't think very often I put a non-quarterback as my captain. It's something I should look into more. You know what? I'll give you one other optimistic thing about Hamilton that I could think of. Duke Williams hasn't been suspended yet, so I mean, that's good. Uh, I mean, Chris Edwards was but that's a different story uh honestly there's not been very good things about hamilton and lately this is like maybe the pessimistic uh, feline bowl this year because bc really hasn't looked the overly best yes they had a good game uh two weeks ago but then they go and they play the saskatchewan rough riders a team that they were absolutely everybody except for mike garrell like literally everybody else in the world picked bc lions to win that game and somehow Mike doesn't pick them and actually picks the Rough Riders and they win the Riders. I can't believe it. Uh, I think he was picking the Riders because he knew if the BC Lions lose, that means Winnipeg gets first. But we'll, we'll get off of that. Every pick Mike makes on this show is reverse psychology. That's that's what it is. And he will agree. He will admit that. And he has admitted that in the past. He's getting in the, in the heads of his opponents there. Uh, but kudos to him. He, he got it right. Mike is a secret genius. Like he's one of those guys that he's like the janitor that will answer that impossible question the teacher leaves on the board. You know what I mean? Like he's just <laughs> you don't ex- you don't expect it, but he'll he'll just whip out. He can tell you the date of a year or a day like from years of back. I bet you know. Hey, Mike's yeah. currently leading our fantasy league. I mean, so. yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. That's because somebody doesn't have a certain quarterback to move to Jacksonville. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's no, the only thing wrong with your team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll go no, through a little hang bit. Hang on one sec. We're, we're messing with you, Mike, but like kudos on picking the Riders. Uh, we thought you were Did crazy. Did you not pick Edmonton too? Adam picked Edmonton. Well, Adam picked no, Edmonton. Yeah, I, I mixed up. I was like, I let you pick both. Well, that's crazy. No. First I picked Edmonton, so I was right on that. Then I destroyed you in fantasy. And then I also won my other one. So, you know, everything's coming up Adam this week. So, nevertheless, except for the rider picked, but brick walls come fast, man. One. Um, nevertheless, uh, BC, like honestly, where is their defensive line gone? Uh, in the last three weeks here, I mean, they had one sack against Jake Dolagella, maybe two. Uh, I mean, they have not looked right. Their secondary, I mean, Gary Peters does not get miss a very much a catch. I mean, Sam Emelis, yes, they were circus catches, but those are ones that Gary Peters usually knocks away, and there's no question on this. Is BC's defense falling apart here? Or I mean, Vernon Adams in that fourth quarter looked like Vernon Adams of, well, just just looked almost more like Damon Allen than he did Vernon Adams. But, uh, I mean, is what's with the Lions' defense right now, guys? I mean, I don't know. They're still averaging 18.7 points a game giving up. That's not bad. The only teams that are beating them overall are teams that play less games. I mean, maybe lately they haven't been doing good, but how long have I been complaining about another team's defense and they still find ways to win, you know? So, 
I'm not too worried about BC. I like I think unless something drastically happens, BC Winnipeg's getting home games in November, right? So I don't really not too concerned. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, in total, they've had four sacks in the last three games, uh, only in total. And last week, weren't able to force a turnover against Dolgal and the Riders there either. Um, so from a fantasy standpoint, two of their last three games with zero points. Yeah, the Lions have uh, definitely, you know, the defense has regressed a little bit in recent weeks. I'm not too sure why that's happening either, but, you know, I still think they can get it back on track and VA has the ability to throw for 300, 400 yards a game where even if this team gets into a shootout, I still like their chances more often than not to come out on top, Uh, especially, you know, in a matchup like this. Yeah, and I mean, you look at this team here for BC. I mean, they've got Hollins, they've got Hatcher, they've got all sorts of weapons. Uh, they just had a bad first start to the game. I mean, you have a sack, a strip sack on the first play or second play of the game for yourself. That never sits well. I mean, everything there is just, it just doesn't go right. So eventually you uh, just have a bad game. So uh, go quickly to the injury report. If I can grab that really quick for you guys. Um, Hamilton side of the football, not really anybody listed as probably out or anything yet because it's still a little bit early in the week. Uh, Duke Williams didn't practice on Tuesday. However, he was limited in practice today with a chest injury. Uh, Derry Godwin, the second also, uh, listed with an illness. So I'm not sure what's exactly going on there. Uh, another interesting one here, Jonathan Kongbo, uh, non-football related, didn't practice on Tuesday. Kind of odd. Uh, but that's really all there is for Hamilton on the BC side of the football. Uh, Woody Barron, Achille, or no, abductor injury, fully practicing. No, the only one that hasn't been practicing, and I don't expect to see him this week after watching last week. Uh, Nathan Cherry, the old defensive lineman from the University of Saskatchewan. And by old, I mean he was a rookie last year, so why am I saying old? Uh, he will – I can't see him playing. He had the injury last week. Uh, they had to help him. He didn't get any weight on his foot. Uh, on his leg uh, last week uh, when he was taken off, he's going to aim for the six game injured list. I'm pretty certain. So uh, big loss there for the defensive line of the, uh, of the BC lions. Uh, Ryan, I took the BC lions defense last week and I got absolutely, well, what did I get? Zero points. I think it was. Uh, Do they have a chance of getting some points this week? Yeah, I, I think the options this week are tough on defense, so they're a team that I am potentially looking at uh, picking a defense for this week. Disappointment, two of their last three games, uh, but they do face a Cats team where Taylor Powell has not thrown a touchdown pass since, hang on, i got to scroll back, keep on scrolling, week number six. He came into the game after Matt Schiltz went down, threw a touchdown pass on his first pass, and hasn't thrown one since. Uh, so the offense has not put up points on the board for the Ticats. They've struggled a lot. I think this Lions defense can force turnovers and against uh, you know Hamilton's offensive woes. I think they still have the talent on the D-line. They can get it back on track with a couple of sacks there. Uh, so I, I think, uh, yeah, I would take a chance again this week on the Lions because most weeks this year they've delivered a, a solid defensive total. Other plays on the BC side that I like, I like Vernon Adams Jr. at $15,000. Back-to-back weeks over 27 points. 
The Ticats allow an average of 18.6 against, which is second worst in the league. Uh, five of the eight games VA has played this year. That includes one game where he got injured pretty early against the Riders. Uh, he has put up 300 plus yards in 500, five of his eight games, five of the seven that he's fully played in, uh, and has seven touchdowns in his last two games. So I think VA almost as much as anybody is a threat to put up 30 points any given week. And so is potentially Keon Hatcher because at $13,500, he's averaged 11.6 targets in the last three games. He's got 21 fantasy points a game in his last three games. Uh, any matchup Keon Hatcher is worth playing in. And it just so happens the Ticats give up the third most in the league to left slot back. It's the most favorable matchup for VA to exploit in this game. Uh, so I'm going to probably throw him in my lineup once again this week if I can fit him in. And if you're trying to spend this much on a couple of BC lines, maybe you need a value play. So you can take a look at Anthony Johnson on the Ticats if he is in the starting lineup because he does come at $2,500. Uh, and he had four targets and two receptions last week. And hopefully now they finally solved the idiotic duplicate player situation in the fantasy website where they had two copies of Anthony Johnson, $2,500 and $6,000 last week. Um, they let you pick either one kind of mentioned it to them of like hey you got duplicate players they said yeah okay we removed the $2,500 one but that was the only one that was set up to get points so if you picked $6,000 version he wasn't scoring uh, if, I don't know how when they resolved it but he's now only in there once he's at $2,500 and I think he's a good value play this week if he starts and last Terry Godwin's back in the lineup and he doesn't start in that case. Uh, Trey, what about you? Fantasy picks in this game? Whatever you said, I'm going for the tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Don't do this to me. You need the win, man. You need to get that playoff spot. Uh, what, I don't, I honestly, I actually was just messing around. I was looking at something else. So, Hamilton has the same odds to win the Grey Cup as the Denver Broncos do having to win the AFC. So, I mean, that's a positive. Because there ain't no way Russell Wilson's win the AFC. So, um, But, yeah, I have um, Mizzle. That's it. Oh, and, uh, yeah, Mizzle. That's it. All right, Adam, what about you? That's all you need to know, Ryan. Anyway. Got all the stats, man. I can I can look it up myself. Well, I know, but you don't need to know what I actually have. Maybe I don't have Mizzle. Maybe that's misdirection. <laughs> Maybe you I'll realize, just Ryan, you realize Ryan wrote the book on that's Ryan fine. wrote the book on fantasy, that's right? That's fine. But I could also pay Mrs. Coop to mess with your lineup. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not below that. Like I'm not I'm not you know. How do you know she's not the one setting my lineup every week? That's actually funny. I actually saw a TikTok about that where a fantasy rule is where the girlfriends or wives have to do the draft. And then the boyfriends manage it. But anyway, yeah, sorry, Adam. (laughs) Fight for Brady still, I would imagine. Anyways, um, no, uh, the only guy I got is Taquan Mizell. I will pronounce your name right because I had to now. Uh, Anyways, I've got him right now on my fantasy list. I do have the BC Lions defense on my fantasy list because I think this is a team that uh, uh, that the uh, BC Lions, like Matthew Betts, would love to go and get a hold of so they can get a hold of Taylor Powell. 
So, yeah, those are the two I've got right now. I don't have anybody from the Ticats. I thought about James Butler, but, man, that's expensive, and I can't do it when I want to pick some other guys. So he went with Olette instead because I got some different options and different ideas on how to do things. But uh, we'll see. I might still pick up another BC line if I could afford them. I do have my flex options still available, and I'm not picking anybody there yet until probably later on this week because I learned how to save now. Good job, Adam. I'm so proud of you. Uh, your growth over the course of the season has been impressive. Um, you know what? You mentioned, I'm happy you mentioned some of these guys. You know, a little bit of inside baseball here. I did not have a ton of time to prepare before the show. So as these guys have been talking, I've been coming up with the fantasy picks on the chart. And I forgot to put James Butler on my list. And I'm going to put him on the list as an option this week, uh, even at $13,000, because he is almost getting into must-start territory. I mean, he's had 23-plus fantasy points in two of his last get in his last two games. He has had four of the top seven fantasy running back performances on the season so far. And like I said, they're not passing touchdowns. So if the Ticats are putting a touchdown on the board, chances are it's going to James Butler. Uh, he's also one of the top receivers on the team and most targeted receivers on the team. So... Uh, yeah, I got to throw James Butler in here on this game as well. Uh, Taquan Mazel, on the other hand, yeah, I'd consider it, but I don't think I'm there this week. Maybe just because I'm high on a lot of other lines, and I don't think you should fully stack your lineup because I've been burned by that a couple of times. So I don't. I think I like some of the other running back options a little bit more uh, at this moment. Just wanted to read off a few of the chat uh, comments because we do have a couple tonight. Oh, uh, yes, Chris, over in, over in the chat, Chris, what about Saskatchewan's defense, Adam? Five sacks. I know I'd rather like to get him out of uh, get that uh, defense out of Ryan, but you know he had to pick him first first in the defenses this year in the uh, fantasy. So yeah, that ain't gonna work. Uh, but yeah, no, Anthony Lanier's had a great season, and uh, Jeremy Clark actually had a great game there the other night. Uh, Still a little concerned about Amari Henderson's injury, but uh, we'll see how that goes uh, as the uh, next week here, I guess, develops. At least we've got a bye week as Ryder fans. And, uh, yeah, the uh, the secondary there also, uh, Jake, uh, uh, Dul- Jacob Dalkey uh, really did also impress me the other night there against the uh, BC Lions. Uh, I'm just going to take a look if there's anything else here. Uh, yeah, Richard, I know it's 17 points off turnovers, and I know that's probably why Ryan is uh, probably not as high on Jake Dolagala as others, because, yeah, there were short short fields for uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but I'm still a fan of Jake Dolagala, so yeah, I hope he plays during Labor Day. Uh, I know that you shouldn't lose your job to, uh, to injury, but you know what? He had a good game. You got to give him another one. I'll clarify. Right. It's not that I'm not a fan of Dola Gala. It's just that I don't think people. I think people discredit Mason Fine too much. Is the bulk of my argument. I think Mason Fine was already considered the next number one quarterback after Trevor Harris went out. And again, everybody loves the number two quarterback in Saskatchewan. <laughs> so Jake Dola Gala officially became the most loved guy in Saskatchewan until he doesn't play very good, and then Mason Fine will be the most loved person in Saskatchewan. So. Uh, but my thing is this. I mean, you got a guy with a hot hand, and I know Mike alluded to it earlier. Uh, Dolagala had some good throws. He had some nice passes on things. The uh, offensive, uh, the receiving core seemed to work well with him. 
you got two weeks to get him ready. He's ready and healthy to go and get ready. May as well. And uh, yeah, Dickie's definitely playing games with uh, Michael Shea. Anyway, we're going to move on to uh, betting, I guess, right, uh, Trey? Yeah. So, yeah, minus 10 over under 46. Uh, I'll take BC. I think Hamilton doesn't have it. We've kind of talked about other than James Butler. I think that's the only deciding factor. If he decides to have 200 yards and puts up two or three touchdowns himself, maybe he'll keep it close. But yeah, and the over-under, this is tough again because BC is one of those teams who could easily put up 30-plus points themselves. So that means Hamilton would have to put up 16. I'll take the over. I've taken three straight overs. I think points are going to start slowly coming back again. I said that a couple weeks ago, and then it didn't happen again. But uh, yeah, so BC in the over. Ryan, what do you got? I'm taking BC on this one as well. Um, Do I take take the under? Do I take the over? I mean, Hamilton's not scoring a lot of touchdowns right now, but how long can Taylor Powell go before he throws another one here? And and I think Butler is good for at least one a game. So uh, BC's defense is looking beatable now. I'll take BC and I will take the over, I think, on this game. I'm going to go with BC Lions, but I'm going to take the under in this game. Uh, Vernon Adams has really looked good, but you know what? He's still, I think, I still remember the old Vernon Adams of one game good, one game bad. He had a good game against Saskatchewan in the second half. I mean, he had a great game against Saskatchewan in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I'm a little concerned. I don't know if he's going to have a great game again, but I think he's going to have a better game than 10 points over Hamilton. So I'll take the Lions. I'm going to take the under, though, because, I don't know, Hamilton is just odd. I don't I don't see Hamilton getting a lot of points. Uh, BC could get a lot of points with this Hamilton defense, but um, I don't think they're going to get over 46 on their own. So, uh, yeah, BC and under. Sounds good, guys. On to the next one. On to the next one here. Yep, we'll move on to the fourth and final game of the week, which is the Ottawa Red Blacks at the Edmonton Elks on Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Again, final Sunday game uh, of this Thursday to Sunday structure for the summer. Uh, Adam, I think we've got some fun storylines to talk about here, don't we? Well, we got a couple to talk about that are pretty fun. Uh, the first things first, did they ever think of a nickname yet for Trey Ford? Uh, he's actually looked okay. I mean, he's undefeated in Hamilton since starting, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, he's had some pretty good games on his feet. Uh, however, I still want to see him start to throw the, uh, throw the ball downfield and also get his running back involved a little bit more. Elks are happy. They finally got the first, uh, burden off their back, uh, wishing that they would go and, uh, get this next burden off their back. Will they against the Ottawa Red Blacks? I mean, there's a chance if they win this game and then, you know, win one of even one of the two against Calgary, that they could be back in the hunt for a playoff spot. And I don't think I'd say that word yet. Uh, is there actually any chance for Edmonton to make the A to win this game and B to actually get back in the playoffs? Trey? I'll say yes, but no to the second one. So, I'm waiting for the betting time because I, I want to jump all over that Edmonton one and a half, surprisingly. And I know Ottawa's looked good, especially or decent. They've looked decent, better than the past few years anyway, especially now with Crum in there. But 
I don't know. Playoffs? Do you, you want to talk about playoffs? Do you think they still have a chance? Really? Ryan, do you think they have a playoff chance if they win? Well, Mike and I talked about this quite a bit yesterday as well. And I think the consensus between us was it was going to be it's going to be easier if Saskatchewan didn't win uh, this week to catch them there. But their best bet is probably that crossover and beating Ottawa certainly helps. And if the Red Blacks keep finding ways to lose these close games, you know, they're going to struggle to to make the playoffs there as well. They've got, what, three wins on the season, and yet we're hyping up Ottawa and everything they've had so far this year. Edmonton, if they can get on a bit of a roll, I think does have a chance, uh, especially, you know, they've got some decent matchups in the next couple of weeks with Ottawa and then back-to-backs with Calgary, uh, who they need to pass in the standings there too. So I think there is a chance there. Uh, going back to your question, Adam, about uh, a nickname for Trey Ford yet, didn't you hear it's got to be Kid Canada because every Canadian quarterback gets some uh, some variation of Kid Canada, Air Canada. Uh, we just cycle through them all, you know. Um, that's what Nathan Rourke is being called. That's what Brandon Bridge was called. That's what we've got to start getting the other airlines in there. Like, who's, who's WestJet? Uh, who's Flair? Flair Airlines quarterback. Uh, this podcast is not yeah. in any way sponsored by any of these, uh, you know, flight companies, but they could be. All you got to do is call, anyways. <laughs> uh, oh, five, five, other, five, like, five. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, no, actually, you know what? I was listening to some podcasts just while I was working there, and uh, one actually had a pretty good nickname was Dr. Trey. I didn't mind that, that, was, that wasn't bad, so uh, nevertheless. Uh, the injury report for the uh, Edmonton Elks. Uh, just taking a quick look here. Uh, De- Dean Faithful, their kicker. That's not really a great thing when you have an ankle injury and you didn't practice as a kicker. That, that probably doesn't end well. Uh, yeah, and then we also have Daniel Ross, defensive lineman. Uh, elbow injury, didn't practice today. Uh, also, Eli Mercer uh, did not practice today. He's got a calf injury. Uh, Woody Appleton did practice, and same thing with Josiah St. John. Oh, I hope they're not getting back to Josiah St. John for injury-wise over for them. Uh, the Ottawa side of the football, remember when we always used to go and uh, say, you know, the Ottawa Red Blacks, their defense is really good, but their offense is terrible? It seems to have flipped lately. I mean, Dustin Crum has had some pretty good games, had, had quite a few passing yards, but just can't seem to finish these games off. Uh, but that's mainly because the defense can't hold any team back. It seems like a little bit here. What's going on with uh, with Ottawa, and why did they? Uh, what's with the big change here? I mean, is there is is Crum just getting that more comfortable with the team? And uh, if so, what's what's gone wrong with the defense, uh, guys? You can go first, Ryan. If you got thoughts. I, I don't really know. It's part of the problem with with Ottawa's defense. Uh, uh, coming in this year, I expected them to be better. They looked great against the run for the most part, but they can't stop anything against the pass. Like that game against Toronto a couple of weeks ago, the receivers were wide open more than you've ever, than you ever really see in a game uh, there. So I think this is something that obviously is hurting them. You know, the offense is, is doing stuff, but they're not also putting a ton of points on the board either. Uh, at times necessarily as, as exciting as Crumb's been with the comebacks. Um, 
I think a mix of the defense letting them down, the offense not quite doing enough at times is all kind of combined together to lead to them losing these short football games. I see that. I, I, it's a long season too. What twenty-two week, eighteen games over twenty-one weeks or something like that, right? So, I, I think that, yeah, things are going to fluctuate. That's all I got. Yeah, I think that's kind of part of it too. I mean, Ottawa's offenses look good to an extent. I mean, they they still have some receivers that I think need to get going. I know you guys mentioned uh, Shaq Evans the other day. I mean. Uh, I think that's probably maybe one of the bigger ones that I'm very surprised with how he's been playing this season. Yes, I know he's been injured, but uh, yeah, that's that's one I'm kind of amazed about. But it really hasn't been in Dustin Crum, and I really like that he's uh, definitely come out and is maybe starting to look like one of those quarterbacks that uh, we might be having to uh, talk about for maybe a few years in the CFL, which is always a good thing. It's nice to have some new quarterbacks in. Uh, for the Red Blacks injury-wise, we have Braylon Addison, He's still not playing, is he? I mean, he's listed as fully uh, going and everything else now. But uh, I'm just taking a look here. He's one that I could see. He's got an Achilles injury. fully practicing, though. Uh, Nate Bahar didn't practice this week. He's got an injury uh, for the Achilles. Tobias Harris, he hasn't practiced so far. Rib uh, rib injury. Uh, Who else do we have on this list here? Douglas uh, Coleman. Defensive back, he hasn't played, uh, been limited in practice with a hand injury. Same thing also with Deshaun Stevens, the linebacker, uh, head injury as well. Uh, quite a few little injuries there for Ottawa. They've had uh, injury problems this whole season a little bit. But, uh, yeah, uh, what are you thinking here in fantasy, Ryan? Oh, geez, I was still trying to finish off my list because there's so many options to potentially available because – we talk about teams like Winnipeg or BC where it's hard to afford guys. Oh, there's, there's no issue with that uh, in a matchup between Edmonton and Ottawa. So this is where the value plays potentially lie in this game. Uh, let's start. I've got both quarterbacks here to start. Uh, Trey Ford is $9,000. He's played, started two games and scored over 20 in both of them, uh, thanks to 50-plus rushing yards and a couple of touchdowns. He's still yet to throw over 200 yards in a game. Uh, yet, uh, so I want to see more there, but he's also facing a Red Blacks defense. It gives up a whopping 20 points a game to quarterbacks. So he's going to break out as a passer. I think this is the game for him to do so. I also, at 10,100, do like Crum against uh, the Elks here. Uh, I think because of his rushing prowess, uh, giving uh, it gives him a solid floor any given week, and we've seen his potential for a massive output. Um, the Elks struggle a ton against the run, which is why I think it could be a good day for him again this week. And is also why I have not one, but two Ottawa running backs on the list this week, because the Elks do give up uh, a league worst 18.5 fantasy points to starting running backs. So Devontae Williams at $11,100, I think is a good pick for a starter. Uh, I don't like that all these different guys like Crum or Bennett or Milanovic Litre steal his touchdowns uh, potential at times, but I think he's got a solid floor of carries uh, and I guess his defense can put them up for yards. And if you want to go cheaper at running backs, you can spend big at receiver. I think take a look at Jackson Bennett for 4,800. He usually gets a couple of reps a game. He could be a cheap play, especially if they try to run the ball a lot against Edmonton here uh, and could save you money elsewhere. 
Uh, at wide receiver, I mean, you got to take someone, I feel, against this Ottawa defense that gives up a lot. Uh, how about Manny Arsenault at $4,300? Uh, they give up the most in the CFL. Ottawa does to middle slot backs. He's gotten a couple targets a week, and maybe he gets a few more against this Ottawa passing defense. Oh, yeah, this many options. I'm still going. Um, I didn't even fully finish my list yet, to be honest. So, uh, you know what? I that's where i think i'm at for now i think there are enough value plays here that i like i was looking at maybe shaq evans because he's a cheaper price now but i think edmonton's past defense hasn't been too bad and i was looking at eugene lewis at thirteen thousand, uh possibly because he's got a good matchup and i mean it's eugene lewis if he's healthy he should get back on track with things but still, with uh, Trey Ford's passing totals, I'm not there yet. I, I might be. I might be getting there. Uh, but I think I like some of the other high-priced options better than investing money on uh, Edmonton's receivers. But I do like their defense as the value play this week uh, because they started to pick up steam. They have had five-plus sacks in two of their last three games, and Ottawa also gives up a lot of sacks there also. So I've named about half the teams uh from these two squads uh is there anybody i mentioned that you in particular like or didn't mention that you like uh trick edmonton defense that's uh that's what I'm, that's my like adam what do you got well i think it'd be edmonton defense just because you know they have looked really good and i do like uh some of their uh defensive linemen for getting some sacks um like jake Serezna. But uh, I do have Manny Arsenal on my list. I didn't think Ryan would catch on that one. Uh, but 4.3 thousand, I mean, it, it very, very cheap uh, value pick. And I like it because it seems like Trey Ford does find Manny Arsenal once in a while. So I'll go with that one. And for Ottawa on that side, I was looking at Jalen Acklin. Uh, he's been reasonably priced, usually not bad. Uh, and again, I he's done some stuff for Ottawa lately. Uh, I I like him over Jake Hardy, right? Or Jake uh, Hardy, I think it is, right? Um, you're Justin muted. Hardy. Yeah. Justin Hardy. Can't get, I, I get the Hardys mixed up. Anyways, uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, I'd probably go with uh, probably Jalen Acklin right now as well, possibly. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Yeah, you know, talking about those uh, Edmonton receivers as well, I, I think if we're going to bank on the nice matchup and Edmonton's passing game increases here, I'd rather just take the chance on Trey Ford at quarterback and a better performance from a cheap quarterback there than if something goes wrong, you don't miss out on too much there. Whereas if you do, say, put Eugene Lewis in and nothing happens, then that's a spot that you could be hurting uh, pretty bad there as well and i think ford like i said still has the floor with the rushing totals there on that one uh interesting betting lines this week in this game isn't it trey yeah real quick while you guys were talking i threw a mike's i'm gonna call this my mike special bet i took dak prescott under 26 and a half uh touching uh passing touchdowns just for mike because he's a big cowboys fan but yeah this game minus one edmonton i'm gonna jump all over that and ah the over under taking over all the time this one's a low one i'll take the over again i don't care about the over under guys but i want you guys to both take my hand and jump in the deep end with me are we going to take edmonton getting their first home win or are you guys going against me ryan 
Oh, I don't know if I can do it, Trey. I don't know if I can do it. I can oh, do what it. The heck, I went 0 8 last week. Yeah. I'm in. Let's do it. Over under. I'll, I'll ride with you fully here. I'll take the over. Um, I'm going with Edmonton the over. I, I picked a lot of fantasy players from this game uh, in my players to watch. So I think uh, I think I gotta go with the over. Adam, join us. Feel like, join feel like, us. Yeah. Join one the dark side, us. Adam. Yeah, I, was one the OG, hey, I was the OG guy that called the Edmonton win last week. No. They're not going to win this week. Ottawa's going to win it. I'm sorry, guys. But, uh, no, Ottawa's still going to win this. The streak's going to continue. I am sorry about this right now to all of the uh, good people from the Turf District because I've got to play one this week. Uh, But you know what? Sorry. Ottawa's going to win this one. Ottawa has been playing very good football. Uh, They just haven't been able to finish. And Edmonton, I don't know. I was just – even with a minute left there against Hamilton – there is no way that they would lose a 24 to 9 game. Yet I figured out there might be a way that they could lose a 24 to 9 game. I just, I don't know. I just, Edmonton scares me. It's at home in Edmonton. No, I got to say the Castrico will continue, but uh, it will be under as well. It's going to be a close game. Uh, it might be a one point game for all I know, but uh, I think Ottawa's going to win it. Sorry, guys. This guy, like, first off, you know, tells us he might not show up for the show tonight. So Trey and I scramble to plan out the stuff Adam normally plans out for us. <laughs> then we get here and Adam's just sitting here waiting for us. And then after he laments us not jumping on the Elks bandwagon last week, we do it this time and he's like, see ya. <laughs> yeah, we got a stern talking to you before the show about how we didn't trust them last week. And now just setting them up to the biggest disappointment of their life. <laughs> You just drove the car straight off the cliff and jumped off at the last second, man. <laughs> <laughs> Looking down at the cliff. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, there's Trey and Ryan. Right. Can't believe yeah, they jumped I, in with me. I said take them last week, not this week, guys. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was last week. I mean, I am the leader at betting right now. I'm just That's saying. True. What? I'm not. No. <laughs> I mean, you're not as bad as Mike, but yeah. uh, CFL. Uh, no, CFL's been weird this year. year. I don't know. It there's yeah. it's just the parody in the league, right? So, yep. Yeah. Hey, Mike picked the Riders to win. I picked yeah. nobody. I, I failed every pick last week. I think I'm the worst uh, currently out of everybody percentage wise. Uh, we got a YouTube comment here. Uh, Jeff saying uh, Jeff's going to be attending first game at IG Field tomorrow. So uh, you know, if you're sitting up in the two thirties ish area, uh, come meet Trey and I. Uh, we like to, you know, good old halftime meetups in the stands. Uh, seems to be a thing that happens with members of our community. So, or the rum hut, just meet me at the rum hut. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't want to walk that far. Oh, that's fair, but you just at the beer vendor right under 231 or wherever it is. That's my guy <laughs> right there. <laughs> I think Mike's gonna be at the game tomorrow, too. So, if you uh, if you're in the mic, uh, you might run the mic around the stadium as well. But yeah, enjoy the time here in Winnipeg. Uh, enjoy the game. Uh, should be a couple fun games this week. If you if you run into me though, there you got some serious questions, or I got a real doppelganger. <laughs> Make sure you say hi to my doppelganger. He'll probably be in section two twenty or two fifteen somewhere around there. Make sure you go look for him. Definitely, Adam, Adam's twins got the sweet box, man. You got the box seats right at the fifty-five <laughs> yard line. That farmer cash. The guy throwing popcorn at my head every game. Uh, sitting right behind me. I knew it looked familiar. One day I'll swap with him, and then you guys won't ever realize. 
Section 224. I can't remember. I don't know what I, side that, I think that's our side, but I don't remember <laughs> either. So it's okay. <laughs> I mean, Section 117, if you're ever in a rider game, probably I might be there, but you know. You know what? While, while we do our wrap-up, I'll check Ticketmaster and I'll see where, where we all are. Oh, no, we're not doing wrap-up first, Ryan, or, or Trey. Oh, I forgot. We got, uh, wrap up. Oh, yeah, we got some stuff to no, talk about. We're at, a, we're at an hour oh, 20, guys. We're at an hour 20. We just enough time up. to cover results to finish around an hour and 30 minutes in. Uh, well, before we talk about, you know, how good Adam did last week, let's talk about how terrible both of you continue to do week after week in our draft week, <laughs> uh, which is Adam, you finished in last with 48 points. Uh, your highest scorer on the week was Rene Paradis, who scored almost half your point total for the week. Uh, also, by the way, Trey, thank you again for Rennie Paredes. Otherwise, I'd have no points. Yeah, but he carries your team. Uh, 19 points for you there uh, from him of your 48. Uh, Trey, you had 57.8 on the week. You were so hyped up on Drew Brown, uh, and he disappointed you there. And now uh, he's back to being a backup. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, James, I... James Butler uh, made up the majority of your point total at 23.6. Uh, that's been a good pick for you so far. Uh, I had the next lowest at thir- at 78.6. VA uh, put up 30.6. The rest of my lineup was a little bit lackluster there. And Mike's just consistent across the board. Uh, Trey Ford, Keon Hatcher, his biggest players, he put up 91.6. He continues to lead the way uh, with 937.9 points overall. I'm about 15 points back behind him. Uh, Trey, you're uh, 150 points behind me, I believe, and Adam, you're another 70 points behind him. So, okay. bronze medal, boys, bronze medal. Yeah, still uh, in where, rearview mirror. Where's the relegation round? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good choice at this point. Again, next year we should put in a mid-season redraft. Just spice it up, extra content. I think that would be fun. Um, keeper league between halves of the season. I don't know. Ooh, not a complete redraft, but each team can submit like a one steel player. That sounds like chaos. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're right, switching the CFL name to the Chaos Football League. Got it. Like right the week before Labor Day. Yeah, you can submit one steal, but then each guy can also submit one block. You can block one player, but you don't tell it, and then everybody can steal one player. I mean, that'd be Ooh, I, like chaos. It. I like it. I'm all for more chaos. Uh, yes. Um, all right. Let's go to the CFL podcast fantasy league. First of all, uh, all three of us won our matchups in that one this week. Uh, Adam, you had one of the top scores of the week. Uh, I think you had the second highest. I had the fourth highest. Uh, Trey, you still had a solid week yourself, and we all picked up wins in that one. So I continue to hold first in the standings. You two are one win back uh, getting into a playoff spot there. So um you're right on the cusp adam you face kayla from the turf district this week trey you and i go head to head you know i was honestly thinking because i I'm, I'm i'm fine like i'm doing good at the top of the standings i'm gonna make the playoffs no matter what do i throw the matchup to trey this week you know help him out a little bit but then i'm also not doing great in our discord league so i need the win there so sorry doesn't, trey. Matter. doesn't matter take the doesn't l matter. this week uh, i don't know Hey, uh, Adam, as somebody with experience, uh, any f- tips on how to wipe the floor with Trey in fantasy? 
Um, well, what I would suggest is just like don't think like Trey. Pick people that aren't from Toronto, first of all. Secondly, I wouldn't pick very many blue bombers because you know he likes those. And thirdly, you know, just pick a running back as a captain, and that works real well too. So I don't. Um, I, I didn't. Pick, I didn't pick a single Argo because they were on by. And I'm pretty sure Drew Brown might have been my only bomber. So I don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> Well, we are talking about, of course, the result in our Discord league. We play with members of our community there in a head-to-head league. Similarly, uh, I picked up a win over Barry. I don't think Barry set a lineup uh, and it auto-filled the lineup last week, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that win. Uh, Mike won his matchup against Extreme 88. That was a close game as well. Uh, and Adam and Trey went head-to-head, and yes, Adam did put up the top score of the week guy uh, in that one. Uh, any words, boys? If you want some highlights of that one there, just head to our Discord uh, to, our, to our Discord page, and there's some highlights of what it looked like with me, guy, with me being Trey. This guy sends these to me like Saturday night <laughs> or Sunday morning or something. It's not even done yet. And he's like, <laughs> I mean, tomorrow morning I had to get five touchdowns. Come on. I knew it was over. The funny oh, thing is yeah. he sent them to me directly as well. Yeah. Just wait until the fourth game's done at least. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I'm like, I know I got this. I'm like sending him out. This guy's wild. I was like, oh man. That was good. It's okay. I I I am glad I made the kid happy, you know. So it's okay. What is it? What what is it, Ryan? Two weeks, three weeks, and I gotta take him out again. Uh two weeks in a different league there, yeah. Um let's see in matchups this uh in this league this week. Uh I've got a matchup with Larry Trey. You're facing FM Fan 2014, uh, first place in the standings. So tough matchup there for you. And uh, Adam, you got a matchup with Mike. So uh, another little CFC head-to-head this week. Everybody's playing everybody this week. But I don't want to beat up Mike. Mike's fun. <laughs> like I, I like that I face know. he gets when I when I say stupid things. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I can't even beat him with Ryder players this week. That sucks. You probably Jake Dolagal is the quarterback. You probably wouldn't beat him with Ryder players. Watch me beat him with Sam Emelis because I traded him earlier this year. Uh, so that's what we've got for our fantasy leagues. Again, a lot of fun there. Uh, if you're interested in NFL fantasy because the NFL season's starting up, uh, make sure you head over to the Discord community because we're going to have something coming out hopefully in the next couple of days. There also about an opportunity maybe to play in an NFL uh, league with us this upcoming season as well. So look forward to that. I'm excited for that. Uh, more fantasy football, the better. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've lost more hair to NFL fantasy than I have to my kids, man. It's awful. But anyway. <laughs> I never had gray sense. hair until this uh, oh. show started. Now I have gray hair because of fantasy. NFL I mean, because I don't have enough stress in my life with farming and with everything else now i got stressed for uh fantasy although i was playing training that's not much stress the amount of monday nights i've spent glued to a tv screen waiting for stats correction or any or my computer screen for stats correction man it's awful like uh if it's the cfl you gotta wait two days for it it's great uh i think i think yahoo sports is midnight monday night i'm pretty sure but so they're on top of it Yep, the NFL they are, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get into wrapping things up here. Uh, so we'll be back again, same time, same place, next week. Week 13 preview, the Labor Day preview, uh, I believe that one is. So that should be a lot of fun there. What's the rivalry matchup? 
Yeah, sorry. We still got to figure out a bet there, Trey. We still got to get a bet going on. Okay. That's okay. Are we doing another letter, our love letter to our favorite team? Oh, God. Did Ryan just swear? Yeah, I don't know. We'll think about it. I don't know. No, I said I forgot that. Oh, I don't know. I did not say F. Oh, of all people to drop the first F bomb on the show, Ryan, eh? Oh, man. Hey, you don't know how much I've edited out from all the episodes before you two joined. <laughs> okay. Not, not one F bomb. <laughs> not one at all. Um, I haven't put my money down. I think Mike would be the one more like a trucker anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> this show is uh, completely off the rails. Right from my the, my right money's on one of you two to drop it first. I think that's a safe bet. Probably doesn't pay very well, but. Uh, uh yeah we'll be back week 13 preview next week uh storylines fantasy picks betting odds and uh, our betting picks there as well uh check out the discord if you want extra content every single week uh or just join us in our game day chats uh going on there uh if you want to also follow us on social media i'll pull it up on the screen here assuming i'm doing this right and there we go i did it uh, if you want to follow us on social media, I got to change the graphics so you can follow us on x.com at uh, CF Countdown Pod for the podcast. There, also on Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod, and see uh, what we've got going on on both of those. You can follow me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42, not tweeting too often, but uh, if Nathan Rourke does more fun things, I'll let you know he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think I missed a couple of those preseason things though. Um, Mike's on Twitter at Mike Garrell. If you want to see everything he's got going on, Trey, what is going on these days with you? Nothing. I nothing. Just sitting at home. Um, but you can see me do nothing at Trey Harness Link uh, on on X. Yeah, whatever. Um, a lot of horse racing stuff. That's pretty much all I do. Three podcasts a week with that, and then this. So it's always fun. Adam, farmer stuff. What what's going on? You're always oh, throwing yeah. some pictures on the Discord, man. Absolutely. You can find all my farming pictures over on the Discord channel, usually over there. Always got something going on. Today I was fixing a side-by-side, but nobody wanted to see that. I mean, that was me mostly just cursing and dropping a lot of F-bombs. So, yeah, we don't need to hear that. <laughs> Nevertheless, you can find me at Farmer in Sask over on the Instagram page, for Adam Stewart one on the X. Uh, yeah, check me out there. I'll be talking farming mostly, but also I'll talk some CFL Maybe make some, uh, may have, may or may not have posted a picture there of uh, my last week in fantasy. Yeah, it was a good picture. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, pretty well, uh, lots of good stuff going on uh, over on the uh, on the old social medias. So be sure to follow me over there. Right on. Uh, well, whatever podcast platform you do listen to this on, we would appreciate if you do some of the fun things, all the fun things, really, such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Uh, thanks for all the comments in the chat tonight, everybody who joined us live. And on behalf of our panel this evening, Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>